Well, hello everybody, and uh, I want to say welcome to the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. Um, I want to say, as always, that uh, I hope that you realize that you are blessed in Christ, and that uh, you know, no matter what's going on, you know, uh, you know, people are sick. Whether you're sick, uh, your problems. Uh, financial, mental, emotional, whatever they might be, you know, uh, the Spirit is there. Jesus Christ is there. And I've seen just so much stuff going on around me. You know, people in my family, you know, dying uh, recently. Uh, And I've had to pray that uh, the Lord would make His presence known and that people would be comforted by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Today, uh, we're going to be uh, studying the uh, 14th chapter of John, and uh, this is a, uh, it it deals with a subject that is so crucial to our uh, lives as Christians, and it's something that, it's basically uh, knowing Jesus, you know, what what is it to know Jesus, who is Jesus, you know, and uh, what is the consequence of knowing Jesus? So, uh, turn to John chapter 14, and we will start with verse 1. Excuse me. Uh, let, uh, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also, and whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. You know, we are to take comfort in the fact that we know God, the Christ Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus is telling us here that in the Father's house are many mansions, and that if it were not so, he would have told us. We know the way as it is, as it was told to us by Christ himself. He has gone to prepare us a place, and when he comes again, we will be received unto him and dwell with him. You know, this is very interesting. Uh, you know, like a lot of people, uh, when I hear the word mentioned, I think of a sprawling estate tailored just for me. And, uh, you know, this would fit with, uh, God making each of us unique in some way, you know, for us to have our own, uh, each our own uh, unique uh, dwelling place. But it could also simply mean that we have a place in this kingdom, uh, you know, whether it be just, you know, a small abode or, you know, or however God has designed it, it's, you know, far in excess of anything that we have on this earth. Because he built it for us, um, you know. But we should, you know, and we should know that whatever God has prepared for us is going to make anything in this present world, you know, be nothing. So it doesn't matter if, uh, you know, if it's not a uh, sprawling mansion, you know, even a spiritual uh, mansion, you know, or if it's just something smaller than that, or whatever it is, you know, it's something that God has prepared, and. Uh, all the troubles of this world will be gone. So that is what we should remember. Uh, verse 5. Thomas saith 
Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know, and, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, amazing, isn't it? You know, Thomas, Thomas, one of his own apostles, claimed that they did not know where Christ was going and how were they supposed to know the way. Jesus was very direct with him when he said he was the only way that no man cometh unto the Father but by him. He said it himself that he is the way, the truth, and the life. This means that Jesus was claiming to be God. If he is the truth, then he is God. If he is the way, then he is God. And if he is the life, and being God, he is the source of all life. He alone was able to conquer death. Life conquers death. Jesus, through his resurrection, through his death and resurrection, conquered death. Verse 7. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth thus. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He, do, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, here's something that we've all had to deal with. Every one of us has dealt with this at some point in our lives. You know, we've seen the power of God through our own salvation and transformation, and yet we still ask for things to be shown that he is God. You know, you know that you're saved. You know that the Holy Spirit has come to take up residence within you, and yet you still find yourself in spots to where you're wondering, uh, where, you know, basically, where is the power of God? You know, you might start to doubt um, the power with which God you know takes care of us and this isn't this is despite the fact that we've already experienced the power of God by becoming saved by being born again that is the power of God Philip was still asking to be shown the father and so Jesus told him that since he had seen Christ, he had also seen the Father. Jesus tells Philip and also us that at the very least, we should, be, we should believe because of the works we've seen. We've seen each of us at least one work in our, you know, we've witnessed one work, our own uh, salvation and spiritual rebirth. We have been born again. And, you know, the works that 
the uh, disciples had seen, they should be, they should have believed just because of that. And that is the point of ministries, you know. We each have our own ministry of sorts. We are to use what gifts God has given us, uh, you know, and in, the, and in this we show the works of Christ that people may come to know him. Christ says that the power of the ministry would increase after he ascended to the Father. We are empowered, like the early Christians, to do the works of God through Christ. These works, which, you know, were, are, uh, excuse me, these works grew in power after Christ left to, you know, to increase the power of the witness of the, the disciples. They were to glorify Christ by their works. And that is the point, as I've said, of the ministries. We've, we all have our ministry. Our ministry is a primary means by which we are to glorify God and bring others to Christ. They see Christ in us, so that is, that is to draw them to belief. It is a witness to them of the power of God. Whatever your ministry is, whether it's, you know, it might be encouraging somebody, it might be through preaching, uh, you know, or evangelism, or it could be anything. It might be in, you know, whatever, it's through whatever trade you have. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor or whether you're a plumber or what, you know, you have a ministry of some kind to uh, witness for Christ. And so how... You know, and we will see in the next uh, passage how uh, we are to be empowered and how our works are to be empowered, excuse me, how our works are to be magnified by the Holy Spirit, how they are to have power. So verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you, and shall be in you. And here is the source of our power. How are we able to, how we are able to live our faith? How did Jesus mean for us to be powerful without him being physically present? by the power of his own spirit living within us. And I can tell you he is indeed the comforter. He speaks to our souls as only he can, and that is on the deepest, most intimate level. He is our creator. He created our souls. He knows how to uh, speak to our souls. He comforts us and tells us of God's love for us. And the world does not have this because it neither sees nor know Christ or nor knows Christ. They can't. They cannot receive the power of the Spirit. But we as Christians have this very power. The world is lost. They are shut off and blind to the power of Christ. So they don't know what the Holy Spirit is. They don't know that power. They don't know the power that comes with having life. You know, life in the body of Christ. They don't know what it is to be spiritually born again and to actually be alive because they don't because they don't know Christ. You know, the God of this world, Satan, has in part at least blinded them to this. 
verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world shall see me, seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in, in my Father, and, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Judas Iscariot, Lord, how, it, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Here, you know, he reminds us again, you know, he will not leave a, a you know, that we will not be left comfortless, that he will come to us. He knew that soon we would be that he would be dead and resurrected, proving beyond all doubt he is the Messiah. If we love Christ, we keep his commandments, and God will manifest himself to him. You know, Judas asked how this would be done. Christ told him that when one believed, then the then the Son and the Father would make their abode with him. But if we do not love him, we keep not his commandments. This, I think, kind of has two meanings. Uh, you know. Jesus said, you know, Jesus said that when someone loves Christ, that he and the Father would come unto that person and make their abode with him. This is what happens when somebody turns from unbelief in Christ and accepts him. They then receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is, the, you know, which they then have Christ and the Father. They belong to Jesus and the Father. And so... Also, when we are loving Christ, when we're keeping his commandments and, and we're in fellowship, um, it's like we are living in, you know, it's like we're living in close contact with the Father and the Son. So we have a fellowship, you know, and so in that sense, we, you know, they make their abode, they also make their abode with us when we are in close fellowship. Verse 25. These things I have spoke these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Jesus had taught the disciples many things, and he tells them the Comforter will teach them more. They would learn more after his death and resurrection through the indwelling of the Spirit, and all things would be called to remembrance. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it come that when it is come to pass ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, 
even so do I arise and let us go hence. You know, Christ's time on earth was ending soon, and he knew this. And, you know, he wanted to make it known that he wants us to have peace and not be afraid or troubled. Excuse me. And this is what he told his disciples. He made it a point to tell his disciples this because he knew of what was going to happen after uh, Calvary. You know, after he rose from the dead and all that, he knew that the church was going to be persecuted uh, even more so than it was then. We are told to not be afraid or troubled. This is a, this is something that we need to remember to you know at all times. He was going to the Father, and the disciples should rejoice at it, as he would be away from all these earthly problems that we all have. He was going to be back uh, with the Father. He told them so that when it happened, they would believe. The events that followed would start to prepare his disciples to. Uh, get ready for the coming of the Spirit and, and and that Christ would pretty much be away from them as he would be crucified soon. Jesus would not have the opportunity really to uh, be with his disciples the way that he had been for all, the, all that time prior. Uh, you know, Satan was coming after Jesus. Satan, you know, is the prince of this world and he has nothing, no part whatsoever of Christ. He is the absolute enemy of Christ. And he wanted Jesus to die. You know, he wanted Jesus Jesus to die, excuse me, uh, thinking that that would give him victory over Jesus. But, of course, was he ever wrong? And Jesus wanted it to be known that by his death, he loved the Father. And so he wished to do the Father's will. You know, it's like Jesus said, if we love him, we keep his commandments. And so he loved the Father, and so he kept the commandment that, his, that the Father had given him, which was to die, at, which was to die on the cross and be raised from the dead. So we see there are many different parts to knowing Jesus, you know, and it is a very profound thing, the most profound thing that you could possibly experience in this life. Uh, to, it is to know Jesus Christ. This is the power, you know, to know Jesus is power. Yeah, you know, we're still going to have all these problems. You know, we're going to have mental problems. We're going to have financial problems. We're going to have physical problems. But power is knowing Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is power. And when you turn from unbelief in Christ to believing in Christ, then you have that power. You have the power which God has created you to have and meant for you to have. He means for everyone to know him and to know Christ so that they might be born again and have life eternal. Pretty great stuff, don't you think? Um, I will end this right now with a prayer. Uh, Lord, I hope that if there's anyone listening to this, uh, if they're having some problems, some, whatever kind of problems they're having, they, I pray that they would know that they have the Comforter, they have the Holy Spirit, which you have given to all to all of your true your true believers, 
and that you will not leave them comfortless. You know, you're close to the brokenhearted and the contrite in spirit. And Lord, I pray that if there is anyone out there listening to this who is in need of salvation, I pray that they would also uh, come. You know, I pray that they would come to the realization that they need to know you, that they need to be saved, that they need to have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them so that they can be resurrected one day to life eternal. I pray that they would know that they can experience eternal life, have eternal life now by knowing Christ and by turning to him for the forgiveness of their sins. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray this. Amen.